So today we have uh, Sabia Jawed uh, on uh, Combat Files, um, I think episode number five. Um, welcome, Sabia. Thank you, Azza. Uh, and uh, believe it or not, we've only met twice. So this is going to be an interesting conversation. Um, why don't you introduce yourself and tell the viewers, uh, let them know what you do. Thank you for inviting me, Azza. It's a great honour to be here and just to share my story. So thank you for the opportunity. Um, so as Azza mentioned, uh, my name is Sobia and I am the CEO of Empower and Excel Coaching. That is something I've been doing for um, just over two years. I'm also uh, a mum. I am a wife and I come from a teaching background. Uh, in terms of extracurricularly, I have done kickboxing to quite a high level. I'm a European European champion. Um, I've represented the United Kingdom at uh, European level where I won silver. And um, and that's just like a snapshot of who I am. Yeah, and, and that's <laughs> just the just the kickboxing part is quite intriguing. Uh, I think I think, you know, the, the you kind of um, uh, uh, exceed the boundaries of, uh, of being a mom and a, and a businesswoman and kickboxing just slides into there. It's quite incredible. Um, but yeah. what I want to do is actually I want to read a, a little bit off of your bio off, off of LinkedIn, because it, this is where the, the, so the next bit that I want to talk about is. Uh, and I quote. I use my experiences of being one of the first hijab wearing female British kickboxers to have represented England at a European level, where I won a silver medal. I hold a black belt in the sport and I use my experience of being a mum, a professional science teacher, and CEO of Empower and Excel Coaching to help motivate and inspire people. That's quite a journey. And, you know, coming from an Asian background myself, very similar to yourself, I understand the, the ways that um, there's a lot of things that are quite set. There's, there's a lot of cultural mindsets that are very fixed. It's, you know, um, within the community. Um, how did you achieve that level of success and those, those levels? Um, you know, enlighten us with a little bit of your journey. What were the challenges? What were the successes? So um, it is a journey and um, and I do use my story um, and my own journey, my own experiences to inspire people because um, on the on the outset, success seems like, oh goodness, it's it's right there, but it's a person's a person's real journey through their challenges. And so um, when I look back at myself, I never set up and this is as far back as I can remember as a, um, and being a mum, I just sometimes think, goodness me, my parents really had a challenge on their hands. Um, I never accepted things that didn't feel right. Um, no matter how often they were said to me, whether they were from society or culture or family, when something integrally doesn't feel right, I think it's really important that we speak up about it. And so as far back as I can remember, I always used to speak up, speak up about what I felt was unfair, what I saw as inequality. And I think going back to that, at every instant in my life, there's been this element of resilience. And I think that's really important, mm. especially for anybody who is um, 
successful achieves anything resilience is really important um we're, we're, i mean it's interesting because um your nature to challenge the status quo uh, where, where did that come from you know it's it's uh, i'm quite intrigued you know it's, because it's it's, 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 un it's unheard of in a, in a yeah, you know it's unheard yeah of. yes it's, uh, and, and this is interesting i think it's really interesting to be very open and transparent about this because it's not just with a certain culture i have the honor and the 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 i suppose the um, ability to interact with people from all walks of life and it there is a natural traditional role that men and women are assumed in any culture hmm. um, and so we come from a similar cultural background ethnicity so I don't think it's just unique to our culture I think just generally there are just certain gender gender stereotypes that exist hmm. um, even here in Britain we're, we're still fighting that amongst women because mm -hmm. there's that represent representation at high level uh, board level um of women is still not representative of um and it's not in balance with men so we're, we're all always fighting that but going back to your 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 question my parents are very strong leaders and for them to assume that they're going to have children that are just going to be really passive is 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 absurd and so even now I say to my parents uh, uh, and I say to my mum a lioness doesn't give birth to kittens right you've got to just accept that and that's part of it because I think we have seen really strong role models within my own immediate family my mum and my dad they have been leaders and pillars of support for their own family for their brothers and sisters yeah. and for the community and so seeing that seeing them speak up and then for them to assume that their daughters or children would be passive is absurd. So that's where I think it came, it comes from. It's the nurturing. It's interesting. Was, was there a lot of emphasis on, um, obviously there was emphasis um, on education, I guess, at home? Yes, so I came from a family that was um, very, uh, they were very strong on education. My grandfather, was highly educated before he um, immigrated here to the UK and education was instilled in both men and women. I was the first female to, from my family to go to university and um, uh, when I say university as in co consecutive education, GCSEs, yeah. A-levels, went to university, graduated, got a job. Education was very important because um, it's light and that's how I was raised to value it. And, um, and 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 that's that's how I was raised. But there was a strong disparity between the way men and women were raised. There were strong gender traditional roles. Women were to stay at home. Men were okay to go out. And when I saw that gender difference between me and my brothers, I would speak up. It just did not sit right with me. Just because I was a female, I couldn't do certain things. I'm sorry, but that's not going to happen. And I was constantly pushing those boundaries not in a wrong way but in a um in a challenge ch challenging my parents yeah, really yeah, yeah and not yeah. just accepting the cultural because there, there was a, a big element of culture there not just accepting that cultural dialogue that was just being passed down from generation to generation yeah, um, yeah. and it was needed because when you challenge it that's when change happens right yeah absolutely and i think there's there's also you know, uh, you talk about generations. There's, there's, a, I've witnessed. There's also always an acceptance of that's the way it's going to be. You know, 
Um, I, I, like you, I, I challenged a lot of things in, when I was in, in my youth. And, and I, I, over, over the years, I've, I've noticed that culture plays a huge role in our uh, upbringing, in, 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 the influence, in the influence of our parents onto us as, as children. Do you think, I want to use this word, do you think culture kills? Uh, what I mean by that is, and I don't want to bring faith into this, because uh, it's not, this is not the discussion around faith, but I believe that there's, there's a real blurring of the two. What, and, between faith and culture yeah, for you? Yeah. Okay. I th so in my opinion, from my own experience, I think culture, so now in my adulthood, I really embrace aspects of my culture. It's a very rich culture that I come from. And, I, and for that matter, any culture is rich. But there are also elements of a culture that are a hindrance that can hold people back. Absolutely. Not just with the culture that I come from, but any culture. There are, there are always good and bad points. So for me, um, when I was younger, there were certain elements of my culture that were put forward and projected onto me as facts, mm. as a, 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 a law or um, a a rule um, like that's what needs to be followed because that's how things have been done and I think through knowledge and reading and going back to your question about faith distinguishing between the difference of culture and religion or faith enabled me to really distinguish the two but if you don't have that knowledge and you don't uh, learn to distinguish it the line is very blurry and that's where I think it can cause a lot of difficulty and challenges i absolutely agree with you on that one i think you're absolutely right and over the years i've i've managed to sort of uh, dissect and separate those elements and it's worked quite well but it's being aware of that i think that's that's really important uh, just slightly moving on um on, on a tangent obviously you had this this challenge at, at home and then obviously there was the schooling bits this is the the, the the two tracks that are running here how is schooling for you Schooling was, um, I was, and I am a very sociable person. So while I was at That's why you do what you do. <laughs> I do what I do. And there are certain elements to us and traits that we can't just let go. And I, yes. I really enjoyed school. I had a great group of friends. Um, but I knew where my vision was. I wanted to get into a really good university. I had uh, my eyes set on a goal. And I think that's why, where it, it's important to set ourselves goals and action them. So that was my vision, that I didn't want to just go to any university. I wanted to go to one of the best universities in the country, not because that was my goal from a young age, but your, your surroundings influence you. My brother was at that point at a really good university. My uncle was. And in my mind, I thought, well, if they can do it, why can I not? Yeah. And so that's where my, you know, you have keep your eyes on the prize. And um, so I had a very social aspect of school and I was away from my friends um, in my my classes. This is going back. This, this actually is you're asking me this question and it feels like I'm going back decades, <laughs> which I am. Um, so at school, I really focused on my studies. And what's interesting is and I've also been in the teaching profession myself. And we, we mustn't forget the pivotal role a teacher plays. Because if they nurture a student correctly, that student feels like they can achieve anything and they can reach for the stars. 
But if that student is not nurtured in the correct way, there's a lot of obstacles that are in that student's path. And I had both aspects. I had teachers that really believed in my ability. And I also, one particular teacher I remember, um, made certain conscious and unconscious biases about me because of my background, my ethnicity and my family. I came from we I came from a family where um, my grandparents and my parents immigrated to the UK. But an assumption was made that education wasn't important to us. But that was incorrect because actually education was the core of how we functioned as a family. And so when assumptions are made sometimes they're quite they hinder a person and that's how I felt in certain subjects but that element of me as being a, a really re resilient person shone through I had my eyes on the prize and I thought to myself actually you can think what you like but I need to get somewhere and I will work my backside off if I need to not to prove you wrong but to get where I want to get to it's interesting as, as a young person um I want to ask this because you were, I think, what, um, just doing your A-levels or something like that, was it? Back then, yes, that's yes, right. Um, when, when this was happening. And um, what goes through the mind of an individual at that age? Because we are, we talk, we talk about major decisions we take between sort of, you know, um, the GCSEs to university in our career. And you have this person who's blocking you, potentially, um, in, 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 in yourself excelling because they're not, they're, not, they're not putting out the right signals. What was going through your head? What were you thinking? I, I, I found it quite sad on a personal level that assumptions are being made about me. But for me, um, I really, as I, as, as I said to you, I'm a very resilient person. And when I look back at that age, we make assumptions about people who are 15, 16, 17, 18, even thinking they're very young. Um, but actually, when I look back, I made certain life choices back then that have impacted my life now. And actually, I wasn't too young to make choices. I made certain intellectual and lifestyle choices. And they were powerful choices back then. So even looking at my, my mindset at that time, and not letting those obstacles hinder me and having my eye on the prize in terms of going to university at that time for me as there was an incredibly important part of my life. My dad said to me, because I went to the University of Nottingham and I applied as, uh, through clearing, uh, not clearing, but as a, a really low um, choice, I okay. put down Nottingham Trent University, which okay. had significantly lower entry requirements than the University of Nottingham. And my dad just said, well, there's no point of you going to university if you want to go to Nottingham Trent. And what I took away from that was if I'm going to go to university, it's going to be that university. Yeah. Otherwise, I won't have any other option. Yeah, yeah. And so, you know, it was a bit black and white back then. So we're going back a few decades. And, and that's where I think I had that resilience because I saw the difference between men and women. 
men as they're at that time within my community, within society as well, I'd say within my community, definitely had a much more advantage. They had more chances to maybe fail and then rise again. Whereas for women, it was completely different. You are given one chance, you take it with both hands, otherwise you're at home. And for me, that option of being at home was not an option. That was nothing, that, that certainly wasn't where I wanted to be. So when my teacher came into my way and didn't believe in me, sorry, but I've got a bigger goal in mind. I've got a lifestyle choice and a choice to make about my life. And if that means I have to be resilient and I have to work twice as hard as my brothers or the ma my male counterparts, that will happen. And we see that even now as a, with women. Yeah. Women in leadership roles will by far have to work harder than their male counterparts. And yeah. it's, it's a reality we are facing. And maybe in a few decades, we won't have to, but we need to go through this transition, this journey, and we need to raise awareness mm. and, and have these frank discussions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, just on, a, on a, a note of bullying, because I think um, I do ask when, when we talk about sort of uh, challenges, bullying is something that always comes in uh, with a lot of people that I've talked to. It happened in, with myself my school also um can you imagine because of my color um were you bullied at school i wasn't bullied at school and i'll tell you why because i had a strong identity i knew who i was and and again i go back to my family upbringing my parents were leaders my parents were strong people and there was no chance in hell i was going to get bullied and when I was, when somebody crossed that boundary, I stood my ground. And I think that then feeds into um, my kickboxing. Yeah. When you are, I, and I stand by this even now, it, it comes into my coaching. When you are authentic, transparent, and you're clear about who you are, people can, people can come and challenge you. But that authenticity, that core is there. And I think it comes, and it goes back into your identity as well. And um, and a bully, going back to school, a bully is somebody who comes along and challenges you as a person. And if you rise up to that challenge and you you, you confront them or you challenge them, you, you don't get bullied. Yeah. And so for me at school, I wasn't bullied, no. So what were the, moving on from there, you obviously, um, kickboxing was a major part of your youth um and i mean i'm just i'm just trying to get my head around this because you know uh, i have a daughter also and you know i i want to we're at a stage i i guess as a, as a society that at least from from my perspective i want her to have this exactly the same opportunities as my sons you know uh, whether it's university or whatever choices that she makes and i'm thinking at the time you know kickboxing Muslim girl, you know, you must have got your father's blessings and and, and all yeah. that. My father came from a, a martial art background, so he okay. understood the importance of it. Yeah. He's karate himself. And I think the thought of his daughters just going to a club where there were males just didn't sit right with him as any father. I mean, I can't imagine my husband being okay with my our daughter going yeah. to 
as in physically getting into sparring matches with males. It's just, there's just this element of protectiveness that we have as parents. And I can understand that. So martial arts were really important for my father. And an opportunity arose where there was a female-only kickboxing club. And so he was all for it, to be fair with. He was very encouraging. And, um, and so he encouraged us to go to kickboxing. And when I say us, that's me and my sister. And it was something that was culturally very different. And to be fair with you, just in terms of how I made choices back then at the age of 15 and around that age as well, I made the choice of kickboxing. I also made a choice to cover my head. I was chose at that age to wear the hijab, which is the head covering. Um, and it's interesting because when we go back to that age, we can still make conscious choices yeah. And we mustn't belittle the mindset of a 15, 16, 17 or even 18 year old. There are choices that are anchored in certain reasons. And so they were two very vital choices I made at that time. Mm. And so my head covering, which was a really important part of my identity, which I did not want to compromise. I and it requires strength. It requires resilience. And I it, authenticity and my kickboxing instructor embraced me for that yeah. and never made me feel like I was different or less than as I had experienced in different environments and it was through my kickboxing that I flourished and blossomed as a person both within myself as a person and also somebody being there in your life saying to you you are incredible and you are very good at what you do and really um, nurturing a certain ability. So for me, my kickboxing was something that was nurtured in my kickboxing club. And, and because there was a safe environment to be who I was, even though I was not conforming or um, fitting the, the rest of the people, as in I was still authentic with my own um um what's the word I should use my identity I was still embraced and I can see the impact of that even now yeah and uh, you know what I'm sort of um seeing and, and and sort of I guess being present to is the uh is a very strong-minded resilient resilient individual and you know the mindset uh, is 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 very strong. We all have voices in our head, uh, we, and we and we've talked about this uh, briefly. Um, what does yours say to you? Well, that's a very interesting question, and I'm going to answer it in a very transparent way. Yeah. And and I recognise that I'm able to do that now because. I recognize it's reality. We all have voices in our heads. And this is not to say that we've got a medical condition, but just generally, we have a positive voice and a voice that is there that is trying to belittle us and for us to go back to that really negative place. When we, when we acknowledge that, and when we acknowledge the negative voice, and we give light to the positive voice, and we recognize and we are self-aware. So within coaching, within being within the self-development work that I have done, it's given me the strength to be able to recognize it. 
And I, I can see because in the past, that negative voice was enough to hold me back. As a, so even in my coaching now, my specialism is to overcome. Um, so I work with and I help I help people to overcome their limiting thoughts, beliefs and values so they can be happy, content and shine and truly be empowered in their own um, with their own values. And that requires a mindset where you give more priority to that voice in your head, which is about strength and your achievements and your successes and not to that voice, which is saying you're not good enough. We all have that. Every single individual in the world will have that. It's important to acknowledge that it exists because unfortunately we're in a society where people just assume success comes easily and everybody is successful and everybody has it better than us. But we all go through our own challenges and acknowledging the reality and then dealing with it is really important to overcome that obstacle. So going back to that, that question of yours about voices, we all have them. And what makes coaching incredible is, and, and especially the space that I provide for my clients is, it's okay, let your guard down and talk about those negative voices, those limiting thoughts you have, those beliefs you, ha you, you have had from childhood that have kept you and held you back all these years, maybe even decades, and accept them but don't let them hold you back any longer because there is something unique val and valuable about you as an individual that you can shine to the rest of the world, that you can share with the rest of the world. And it may not be a, something you can impact. Um, you, the impact of that may not be whereby you're impacting hundreds and thousands of people. But even if it's one person, if you sharing value with one person changes somebody's life, that is incredible. Yeah. And the analogy I use is like a drop, not a drop, but a stone. When you throw a stone into a pond, those ripples go beyond the, the vicinity of that stone. So when you impact that one person by the value that you have to offer, and it could be, I'm not even saying you have to be uh, the CEO of any business. Even going back to the impact as a mother that you can have on your children or as a father or as a brother or a sister, any role where you add value to somebody, just use that analogy of that ripple effect. You don't know the impact of that value you've shared with somebody how many years and generations that's going to continue for. Yeah, yeah, it's very interesting because um, I put out a post, uh, I think it last week about, um, I had a, a conversation with one of my guests about uh, role models and the impact that role models have on, especially when you're at school. Uh, I had a guy who was my housemaster at school and, you know, he would stand at, uh, I, I wasn't very academic, um, so he would stand at the exam, um, at exam hall entrance waiting for me uh, and he would always say one thing to me. He said, if you fail it, it's not the end of the world. You know, it's not what you do here that matters. It's what you do in your life. And that has carried me all through my life. It's an incredible, um, you know, he had an incredible presence. And I only found out after I'd left school and, you know, did five, six years in life. And suddenly it just dawned on me that this guy had influenced me in such a way, which is huge. Um, look, I mean, thank you for that. And, and looking at the mindset, um, what is it that stops you? What is it that you fear? 
even after all these years and, and your strength and your resilience, what are you scared of, if anything? We, are, we all have fear. So that's actually, for me, quite a difficult question to answer because I can't say I fear one thing, right? Especially during my self-development and personal development and through coaching, every time I've feared something, I've made a conscious effort to step out of my comfort zone. How do you do that? Because, so you want to really know how I do it? You're asking very deep questions. This is how I do it, Azur. I and this is it, it's a it's a very widely shared diagram. There is the growth. There is a comfort zone. Yeah. Right. And when you step out of that comfort zone, you have a panic zone and you have a growth zone. And I tell myself, I do not want to be in that comfort zone. And there will be some sort sort of discomfort when I step out of it. And something that it it, it seems like a it's not it's not a minor story, but actually I was listening to the audiobook by Mel Robbins. It's called The Five Second Rule. And sometimes we need to make a decision. And when we think about it too much, we hold ourselves back. And so that was life changing for me because I made certain decisions. Five, four, three, two, one, made a booking and off I go. And yes, it's enabled me to grow. Yeah. And so I don't I don't fear just one thing. There's many fears we all have at different stages of our journey. So when we're when we're 15, 16, we've got the fear of failing our GCSEs, we go past that. And then we have the fear of failing our A levels, we go past that, we go to university, we want to get our grade, we pass that, we go to through um, our professions and we have certain ele elements of fear there. Fear is always there. Nobody has mastered fear and as somebody said to me uh, just a few weeks ago make fear your friend make fear your friend and you are growing all the time talked a little bit about recovery um from ordeals and you know what is it that uh one how do you recover from an from an ordeal and, okay sorry uh, yeah go ahead no sorry sorry to interrupt That's okay. um so this, so we, we just, just so, so for the listeners, we've had a bit of a chat before this, and so there's certain things that are in context for me and you, but maybe not the listeners. Um, so during my, so in terms of challenges and um, the recovery during my marriage, um, probably about five to six years in, I hit a real rock bottom, and when I say rock bottom, I had Within the space of one year, I lost two significant people in my life, very close. And when the first loss occurred, it was really difficult to deal with. It made me question a lot about life. And the way I saw it as a, in hindsight was, and actually I recognized it at that point. On, from the outside, it seemed like everything was fine. You know, I was married, I had a job, a house, um, I had uh, we had we had a family um, we were both we we're both professionals but after that loss it made me question a lot of things about what my purpose was but that that was just a fleeting thought I was dealing with the challenges of losing a loved one and then after a few months later I had to deal with another loss another significant loss and it was after that significant second loss where I really hit rock bottom. 
and when I say this, um, I'm being very transparent to the world. And to the world, it may seem like what, what was the challenge, but we all have dark times. We all hit rock bottom in our own way. And for me, when I hit rock bottom, I can really understand when somebody questions whether their life is worth living because I had those thoughts. I had those thoughts and those um, questions. Yet to the world, it may have seemed like, oh, she's got, she's in a professional job because I was a teacher at that time and she's got a daughter and she's married and yeah, you know, all these materialistic and outwardly things. But within myself, that loss made me question who I was and what I was. And I felt that that was the darkest time I have ever been in my life. It was complete rock bottom. And um, there were people, my loved ones were around, but when you are at your rock bottom, people can pull you up, but you've got to put that strength into yourself. And that's where I recognize my strength, my resilience, and my tenacity really shone because I had my family, I had my husband, I had my daughter, I had my job, I had all these outward things which are very important. But at that point, there were certain choices I needed to make. And it was my faith that got me through. And the way I look at that is sometimes we spend our whole life preparing for a, a moment in time. And that moment can be a successful moment or a very dark point. And for me, it was a dark time. Mm -hmm. And and how does that benefit me? And how did I get out of that struggle? Was through my own self-reflection and my faith. And it strengthened me. People, my, people who were around me were recognizing I was strong but I didn't see myself as strong I just felt like I needed to get out of this dark time and I had to invest a lot it affected me physically mentally emotionally it took me over two years to recover from those losses and I was focusing more on myself it was no longer I felt for years from a very young age it was about uh, family culture society expectations of what we should be to be successful we all need a job we all need a degree we all need to be x y and z but we forget that inner voice of who we're supposed to be that contentment and so I focused on that and had I not gone through that dark time I would never have risen and it was there where I said I am no longer going to focus on being the the best daughter the best wife the best mother they're important roles but who is Sovia? What do I want out of my life? And my faith held me, made me stronger. It pulled me out of that time. It gave me focus. But then I started to realize I need to connect with my higher purpose. I need to connect with this reason why I've been put on this earth. And I always had that. I always had felt from the age of 14, 15, I had a higher calling. I always felt that. And to the listeners, I don't want this to sound like I'm talking in airy fairy language, but I genuinely did. Even when I was in my teaching job, 
I knew that I was serving people and I was doing an incredible job because as a teacher, you're shaping lives, you're, you're educating the, the, the future generation. But I actually had a higher calling and I knew I had a higher calling, but I didn't know what it was. And it was through that dark time where I thought, right, girl, you need to connect with this higher calling, whatever that is. And you're, you're right. I mean, you know, it's, it's an old saying, isn't it? Through, through uh, breakdown comes breakthrough. Uh, and, you know, it, it's my next question was actually your purpose. Uh, you know, Simon Sinek, why? Um, did you discover it? Did you I discover? did discover it. I did discover it. Um, so through that recovery phase, um, it took me over two years. I then became very aware, self-aware. And I was I naturally was gravitating towards circles of self-development and personal development. And I went to a coaching, um, two-day coaching course. And in those two days, I was confronted with these limiting thoughts and beliefs and values that I had from such a young age. And they were laid in front of me. And I thought, oh, my goodness, I've held on to these for decades yeah. and I've and they're no longer valid they're no longer true and yet I've made them part of my reality and those two days transformed me yeah. and I still had fears right as they're going back to what my fears I still had fears and and this is where mentors are really important after the two days a significant person at that time she just was an attendee at the course she said a few profound words she's a She's a very dear friend now. But I often say to her, had I not had that conversation with you back then, I would not be where I am now. And so she get, she pushed me. I had it in me, but she pushed me in that direction. And I thought this transformation that I've been on, I want to take it to other people. I want to help other people. And I don't want others to live in that limitation for so long. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting, that, isn't it? So you, you, sorry, forgive me. So you, um, uh, you know, you had that brief introduction and that really sort of s sprouted into the, the business that you've developed and you've worked very hard for. And um, I find it hugely inspirational, by the way. I think it's it's fantastic that you've, thank you, you know, you know, taken this bull by the horns and, and wrestled it down. Um, to, it takes great courage. Tell us a little bit about that journey. So yes, the transformation had to come from within me. And I think learning something theoretically and actually practically going through that turmoil yourself, you can never be a powerful coach if you have not gone through the transformation yourself. And so I had to transform and change and confront my fears and all that work I needed to do on myself. And it changed me. The people around me saw this transition and this transformation from where I was, this old Sovia, to this change that was happening. And I have to say it was very uncomfortable for people within my immediate circle because I was going from being regarded as a strong woman, a woman who had a lot of resilience, to a woman who was stepping into her essence. That's how I, I, I see it, as my purpose. And I see it as not something that is personal to me. I feel this is what I was created for. Yeah. I'm doing something that's 
beyond me, not something that is personal just for me, but a part of a higher purpose. And you go into a completely different zone then. You're in a completely different essence. And and so that for me is how I operate my business now. And being a coach and creating that transformation in my clients is powerful because when I hear those limitations from my clients, and it doesn't matter whether you are a unemployed person, a female who is just at home or a male at home, just uh, as a parent, or whether you are the director or the CEO of a business or a company, whenever they, whenever my clients have stepped into this, I call it this secure space, magic happens. And I say this, and I don't mean to sound again, um, using um, abstract terms, but magic does happen because they let their guard down and they say, look, this is where it comes from. I feel like I'm not enough because this is the programming and this is the language that was used yeah, with yeah. me from a young age. And it's about challenging it. And it's about creating that space to for it to be secure, confidential and safe. No judgment. It's non-judgmental. And we need that. We need that to be able to emerge as powerful, authentic, and true individuals because the voice of society and how we should be is so loud and we need to move it to a side and accept that we have and when I say we each and every person listening to this my clients we have a unique light to shine with the people around us it may be your children it may be your family it may be your business it may be your community or the world there is something there yeah. and it's about I, 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 uncovering, uncovering that and giving the person the belief that they have it and they need to share it. It's very inspirational and motivational. And, you know, somebody like yourself, when you're running a business like that, and obviously, you know, you, you're, you're, you're managing the uh, expectations, the emotions, the, all that comes with it of your clients. When do you give yourself me time? Because you're a mother, you're a wife, daughter, businesswoman, kickboxer, ex-kickboxer. And I know that you get involved in a little bit of training and mentoring in that side also. So your me time is, um, so my spirituality is very important to me. And that's time where I take time out for myself. And I would like to say that I have this me time cordoned off or blocked off for myself but we're in the middle of a lockdown at the moment that <laughs> so I'm not going to I'm not going to paint this picture that yes this is my, on a Monday afternoon between the hours of two and five is me time I do I do recognize the importance of that and I do need that as a coach because when you are in a space and you are holding a certain um what's the word I don't, I don't want to use authority but responsibility a responsibility yeah because you are a coach and you have yes. a client yeah. and sometimes I'm coaching directors and I've got to hold that space for them yeah. and I've got to challenge and really be with them with my and I and I'm, I respect I, I find that space very sacred I call it a sacred space in the sense that it's of immense value 
but it requires a certain energy. And it's for me as a coach, it's mental, physical, emotional, and spiritual. Yeah. I've got to hold that space. So when I go away from it, I need downtime and I need to be in a space where it's quiet. I can reflect and recuperate because it it requires energy. And so I do need that. And so when I, it's hard for me because I have lots of different roles to assign a certain time, but I have to give myself some time during the day. So I'm flexible with that. Yeah. Do you have a mentor? Do you have somebody that you talk to to bounce your ideas, your, you know, your, 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 the issues that you may face, uh, advisor? Absolutely. I always do you think it's important to have that? Yeah, it's it's incredibly important. I have mentors and I have coaches and I am, and I, and I truly believe you can never be a um, incredible and powerful coach if you don't believe in the coaching process yourself. So for me to be able to be who I am, I have coaches. I have two coaches, a business coach and a personal coach. And they, hold incredible value in my life it's an investment yeah right yeah yeah yeah. so i have that and i'm very honest about that and transparent about that with my own clients i firmly believe in the coaching process in terms of mentors i have an incredible um select few mentors my public speaking for my personal life for my business for my spiritual life um, because these are important aspects of my life and Interestingly enough, my mentors are not from the, they range. And this is the beauty of uh, coaching and being in self-development, that you can connect with somebody on such a profound level, yet religiously you will be different. Politically you may be different, but you share something and it's a powerful place to be in. So I say this, I have got, mentors who are males and females who um, many of them are not part of my faith we're not part of the same ethnicity we are so diverse yet we connect so powerfully and I can turn to them and I know I'm going to get sound advice because they get my vision they get my core they get my values and they're incredible because each and every one of those mentors have come into my life and it's been a turning point in my life. I've taken something from them, from my interaction with them, and it's led me to be who I am now. And if I hadn't interacted with them, and I hadn't been with them, I can't imagine myself being here because they've been so profound in my life. Yeah, it's, it's, it's about sharing, isn't it, really? It's that collaboration and partnership, you know, not only to uh, you towards your clients, but you also towards these people that you've aligned to support you. Absolutely. And, and it's really, really important. I mean, I, I remember when I was working in my own business as a director and, you know, as an owner of business, I didn't have that. I had, I, I didn't have that. And I, and I, I get it now. Uh, and it was a missed opportunity, but interestingly, um, what have you learned about people, businesses and business generally um, and especially about yourself over the last, say, two, three years, especially since you've been so successful in what you have actually established. And there's a lot more to come. Yeah, God willing. Okay. Um, 
I think the biggest thing, and I, I, I'd say the most um, significant thing that I've learned about myself is that if I'm going to help somebody and I'm going to impact their life, I need to be authentic with who I am. Be honest, authentic and transparent and serve. And when that is there on the table, whoever is meant to take from you will, and whoever isn't is not meant to take from you. And that's been a really profound lesson for me because when I set my business up as a, I want to be, I want to be realistic. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a woman. I'm from an ethnic background. I'm of the Muslim faith. I wear the headscarf, and so this whole concept of diversity and inclusion, I, I fit lots of those criteria, and I am very aware of the programming of. The, and, and the noise out there in, in media and in politics and so on and so forth, that is a reality. And this is why I, I coach as powerfully as I do, because I've had to deal with that noise and to listen to my own voice amidst the noise of everything out there and to believe in myself. And I say this in a very honest way to inspire people and have a very genuine conversation this is not about me boasting or being arrogant but I had a very big limitation on myself in my in my mindset I and I, when I started my business I had high aspirations and high goals I wanted to coach um, senior executives men and women in corporates and directors and CEOs. I was aiming big because I wanted to scale my business. I wanted to create impact at a top level so it affected other people downwards um, in their businesses. And at that time, there was me, this negative voice, little old Sobia, can you really do that? Given the fact that you're a woman and you're from an ethnic background and you're a Muslim and you wear a headscarf. And that was there, Azur, and that was there up until my coach, challenged me on it and through that coaching I realized it's very clear yeah. whoever's meant to take from me will and whoever doesn't take from me is not meant for me it's not meant to be it's not about me it's not about my ethnicity my religion my faith nothing it's about people and their perception and their views and when I had that clarity it was a game changer for me because I started showing up as I am in my circles, in my, as I am. Yeah. And I have, I have clients who range professions, genders, nationalities. And for me, that space is sacred and, I, and, and it's special because in that space, it's not about labels or anything. It's about getting the best out of a person. Yeah. What... Um... What is next on the agenda for yourself with um, Empower and Excel? What, what do you What do you want to where, where do you want to be in I don't know five years time? My goal is to impact and change my mindset. So the more impact and the more mindsets I can change, so people are shining and living a life that is content and fulfilled for who, who they are is my goal and so in five years time I have a vision that I'm going to be making more impact 
on more lives. And as time goes on, that impact is going to increase. And I want to leave a legacy. My, and, and this is where this feeds in because, again, it has to be very personal to you. My grandfather passed away last year and he was the man who served his community and the people around him. And after his demise, we saw people and we heard stories that we had never heard of, how he was so selfless and so giving. And I, I remember reflecting and thinking, goodness me, that's my grandfather and he has left a legacy. There are people who I've never seen in my life who are here, who are vlogging about him, not vlog, uh, uh, creating Facebook lives about him. And they're coming on my feed. And yet I didn't even know these people were connected to my grandfather. And I thought to myself, right, this is a time where you and your life, it's, it's more than that. It's about leaving a legacy. And for me, that's really important. So to leave that goodness in people's heart. And that goes back to the core of my me, my business and how I operate. Serve. When you serve, the impact is there. The seed is planted. Yeah, it's, it's like I said, I keep on saying it's very inspiring. And that before we, before we sort of sign off, um, is there a final thought that you want to put out there, sort of a final message um, to the listeners? Uh, and by the way, guys, I, I am going to put down all the links and all the contact details for Sylvia. So if, if you guys want to, you know, log on and, and, and contact her, by all means, do that. Um, hugely inspirational person. I, I just I keep on saying that, but you are. Thank you so, um, much. so, yeah, final final sort of message. The strap line to empower and excel coaching is be the person you want to be. And we live in a society where the noise is so loud out there, as it's enough to drown out our own voice. But in our true essence, we know what our purpose is. And it may be just like I said, I don't want people to think, oh, it, you know, I'm always talking about business. No. We all have a purpose. We all have this inner voice. We all have this self-belief of where we can be. Listen to that and be that person you want to be. And you can. It, it might be a windy road. And that's where coaching is so powerful because that windy road, getting from A to B without a map, without a road map and trial and error is a long journey. And when you have a map in front of you, with somebody who's on the other side, who's who has stepped and treaded that path, that that journey to, from A to B is a lot shorter, and that's why coaching is so powerful. That space is so incredibly valuable uh, because it brings out the best in a person. It has for me, and it does for my clients and for the people who are in the coaching industry. And so I always say, be the person you want to be. Listen to that inner voice because. You can, yeah, you yeah. really can. And don't let anybody tell you otherwise. Absolutely. And if this resonates with you, I'm very um, approachable. So I, I, it's not that you've got to pay me before you can have a conversation <laughs> with me or anything, as you would be aware of. <laughs> I'm approachable. I, I find conversation very valuable. I take so much from every conversation, even with my clients. I always tell them that, I take 
so much inspiration from you and from this space and from what you share with me. So if this really strikes a chord with anybody and they're there and they're afraid, right? As a, a fear is really important, is it important to address because fear comes in many different forms. And sometimes it's a fear of what will the other person think of me? Or will I seem less than I am if I just say I need some help or I need to, I need to get over this obstacle. My opinion and my, my, my view is that requires courage, strength, and I admire that. And so if any of my content, anything I've said resonates with you, just reach out to me. Seriously. Yeah. It You've heard it, guys. Reach out to her. You've heard it. Um, listen, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just... Um, I want to say something here because uh, before we sign off, because I, this this I've, I've actually written down some words of how I describe you and how I'm I'm feeling. Uh, so if you don't mind, I'd like to I'd like to share that with you. Uh, firstly, firstly, I'd like to say huge respect. I mean, huge, um, massive courage, uh, strength, so strong, um, inspirational motivating forbearing i mean uh, focused curious uh and i think this one this one's really big vulnerable to show that vulnerability it's it's not common in our in our community to see this it's huge for me it's massive uh generous i mean look look what you're doing and and kind, you're so kind, um, and it, it it those all those uh, descriptions. Have, I I actually noted them down, guys. I noted them down after my um, two two separate um, discussions with Sobia, and I wanted to share this because, you know, there are people out there who, like Sobia, are giving so much, and they th we need to acknowledge them. Uh, and we need to give them credit for all the hard work and the dedication that they're putting into their work. Um, it's just amazing selflessness. And I thank you for your time. Um, and I thank you for the insights. Uh, and this will be probably aired in the next couple of, uh, couple of days, next two, three days. Um, any final thoughts? I'm really touched by the words you've used there, Azur. Um, it means a lot for you to for me to hear that um, and I, I, I want to say that I'm really grateful for this opportunity for you giving me this space to share my story um, to help other people to inspire them um, and I take a lot from this as well I, I, I take a lot of value and I'm, I'm sure I've said that to you as well I really respect this um, and as you've said that, vulnerability is really important. We're all human and we're assumed to be, um, have some superhuman powers to always be in, a, in this, this element of showing up as we're supposed to uh, in, in whatever role we are in. But when we address those vulnerabilities, it gives that human connection. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And, and that's important. Sorry, I'm, 
that's really important because when you have that connection, when you address that vulnerability, you can rise and you can, you know, you can rise from that. And I'm really big on people living their true essence because I know what it feels like for not living that and, and how long we spend not connecting with that. You've got to have the authenticity internally first to be able to really um, you know, give externally. Um, and, and one of the things that you, know, you and I have talked about is exactly that, is to be truthful and, and, and honest with, with internally with yourself. Certainly that's what I've discovered over time, that you know, um, taking accountability and responsibility of your actions. Um, Absolutely. And, 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 and you know, understanding that, that creates self-awareness. Um, and integrity comes in, I mean, integrity is huge for me uh, as an individual. Um, so listen, uh, like I said, I'm, I'm really grateful. I'm so thankful to you. Um, and, uh, like I said, all the contact details will be, um, at the end of the, the show and also on the, um, on the feed, um, through LinkedIn and the other social media feeds, uh, look after yourself. Um, thank you very much for your time. Uh, take care of yourself, take care of others. God bless. Goodbye.